0: This is a 980 CKNW podcast. It is a lovely day outside the studios. Sun is shining, the temperature gauge reading at about 14 degrees right now. It is the end of May, almost May 27th. So, what does that mean when it comes to gardening? Wim Vanderzan, the owner of Art Knapp, is with us now to talk about that. Wim, good morning to you.
1: Good morning, Jill.
0: Good morning. Should people be panicking if they haven't planted all of their gardens yet?
1: No, no, actually, probably June is as much of a gardening month as May. Um, so you've got lots of time. You can plant everything from lawns to trees right through to the end of June, even really uh, right through the year in the lower mainland, which is kind of nice. But, uh, but once, once it gets really hot, best, it's it best to sort of slow down on planting. But, but for the most part, through June, through June you're fine.
0: All right. Uh, what are the trends or what are we looking at? What's new and exciting when it comes to gardening?
1: A lot of zeroscaping, which is uh things that are very easy, low maintenance, uh drought tolerant. Uh, the Yucca family has been really popular. Succulents extremely popular for outdoors, um and there's such a wide variety available. Um succulent hanging baskets, that's been an interesting one. People potting up their own hanging baskets with succulents. Um uh I I've, I've gotta say herbs. I mean I so many people are growing herbs. It is is quite the trend in itself. People want to have a, that cilantro or basil or rosemary right outside their back door in a pot. And and really, container gardening is probably on that list too. People want to have something sort of some type of green within their within their close proximity. And, and patios are the best spot for wonderful containers that you can really do pretty much anything you can do in a garden.
0: And I would imagine, too, in uh, in Vancouver, in the more dense areas where people don't have lawn, uh, don't have uh, areas to do big gardens, uh, container plants, uh, container planting might be the only thing, only option they have.
1: It is the only option, and in some instances, for sure. You know, and, and um, I guess one of the best pieces of advice that I can offer people who are container gardening, you know, you look at a pot and you think, you know, that should be big enough, uh, but Really, the bigger the pot, the better, like the, the, the best that you can recreate an actual garden bed, uh, the better the plant will do or plants will do. So to think larger in a container if possible, and then your success will be that much better.
0: And what about the soil? I made a a very rookie mistake last year in that I planted lettuce in a pot, but I didn't pay attention to the soil I was using, and I used awful soil that clearly had no nutrients in it, and nothing worked. What do you do about soil?
1: Well, you know, soil is important. Um, You want to have preferably a good garden blend or, or container blend soil, um but depending on what you're growing most things will adapt and it's more the nutrition um if if anything if you have if you have soil in a container and you want to replant like in your situation you've already got some soil there you know by adding a little bit of manure and mixing it in or, or like mushroom manure or uh, specifically because it's more porous or even uh, getting cocoa fiber um it will loosen the soil and that's the most important thing you want roots of something like a, a, a lettuce to be able to grow through the soil. So a a lighter soil mix is better. Um, You know, soil doesn't have to contain nutrition. You can add the nutrition. So but lightening the soil up, um, adding some, like I say, manure or cocoa fiber, uh, or even peat moss, something that will lighten that soil mix, um, will give you definitively better results.
0: All right. You mentioned, too, uh, people want the herbs. They want things at their door. How do you keep them, though, with things like cilantro and, and that the, that grow so fast and then can bolt?
1: You know, for the most part, things bolt because they're stressed out. And by stressed out, I don't mean, you know, their their life is hard and they can't <laughs> afford the <laughs> the next mortgage payment. Don't know. Stressed is when it's some conditions that is, throwing the, their general cycle off. So, for example, if in a container, and one of the reasons why plants can get stressed in a container is because it, the soil heats up. Well, that's not normal. And then plants think, oh, oh, gosh, what's happening? You know, my roots are too hot. I can't handle this. I better create some seeds. Uh, so they go, to, they, go to, they, they go to flowering stage, so to speak. Even a lettuce or a cilantro can go to flowering seed. A flowering stage, but what happens is um, they do that because they, they need offspring. They want to, they want to make sure that their 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 species lives on. So that's why things uh, bolt, which means basically uh, passing through their production stage and going right to seed production stage.
0: Okay, uh, so it's it keep-
1: explain that really well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so there are ways, but I also I would imagine keeping so making sure it goes back to what you said that you th- might think that pot is big enough and enough space, but maybe not.
1: Right, exactly. So, so not allowing the plants to stress out. So, don't let them go dry. Make sure they don't stay too wet. Make sure it's, um, you know, the the pot is large enough uh, so that the, the the roots don't dry out. Um, putting a plant that likes shade in a sunny location, or vice versa. So those all those things will create sort of a stress on a plant.
0: All right, and what about pests and pest control? Because a lot of people, you don't want pests to get in there and eat your veggies or your herbs or what have you, but you also don't want a lot of chemicals putting put on your food. How do you deal with pests?
1: Uh, great question, because um, you know you don't want to put chemicals on. That's why I mean, the only only vegetables we sell are ones that are like non-GMO and and organically grown because that's where we're we're eating these things. So yes, we do get pests, though, and you know, a common one is aphids, and um, and there are so many different new controls for insects. Probably in in a, in a nice in, in a nice situation where a lot of the chemicals have been taken off the market. Uh, there have been development of organic or natural means of controlling insects that maybe wouldn't even have come had this not been the case. So so we're actually lucky that there is many many. Organic means of controlling all forms of insects, from from insecticides that are organic and natural uh, sprays or traps. So, um, what I like to say to people if, if, that no one's going to know what that the insect is, other than an aphid, maybe some might be able to recognize an aphid. So, get a picture of it or bring a picture of it to your local garden center. Uh, bring a sample of it to the, your local garden center. We we know we we've been doing this for years, so we know what we we're dealing with and can give you the the uh, organic or natural means to control the problem because there is options for everything.
0: All right. And what about even something like worms in the garden if you're growing radishes or you're growing uh, vegetables that are susceptible to that?
1: Well, um, basic worms, worms that we kind of envision when we a worm, they're good for the garden. They're all good. But there's a lot of grub in the garden that are, I mean, identified as maybe very squat and grayish or or light brown in color, not like a worm at all. Those things uh, are, are a problem and do feed on the roots of, of vegetables or even the stalks and, and leaves of vegetables. Uh, to control them, there is a few natural methods to sort of either, either spray on um or or powder on uh particularly there's, there's a lot of diatomaceous earth products now which is basically fossilized um uh well oh, sorry <clears throat> they're fossils that have been crushed uh into like a very fine powder to you and i it feels like it's like a flower uh but not a not like flour that we bake with but to an insect it's razor sharp and they, if they cross over that, they will basically uh, scar their exoskeleton and they basically dehydrate. Um, so it kills the insect, and they come up with really good baits within that to attract the insect to the diatomaceous earth, so that they go to feed on it, and then the same thing happens. They basically um, slice themselves by by eating on this stuff. So a great natural means of control. Of diatomaceous earth products are available pretty much at all your local garden centers.
0: All right, uh, and uh, talking about pests too. Are chafer beetles and lawns are they still wreaking havoc on, on lawns everywhere?
1: Terrible! <laughs> it's t- so bad. Like I, you, you think, well, why is that person rototilling their lawn? Uh, <laughs> it's not. It's the crows and the raccoons and the skunks going after the chafer beetle larvae in the lawns. So it we're pretty much at the point when. Uh, they 're going to emerge from the the soil now. the chafer beetle comes out as an adult you 'll hear them in trees in the evenings they fly around they mate and then in basically in in the uh, month of June, they will lay eggs in lawns and um, it's it's those eggs basically take up to a month to hatch and then it 's a small larvae when it 's that small larvae that 's when you can apply nematodes that will attack. And end up killing the uh, chafer beetle larvae, but it can only be done basically in the first two weeks of July. So you've got to mark it on your calendar that if you want to prevent chafer beetle uh, from doing damage to your lawn, because they actually do damage to your lawn too by feeding on the roots. But uh, but I mean the, the worst damage comes from the crows and raccoons. So but it's the first two weeks of July when you do the uh, the uh, uh, application of the nematodes.
0: All right. All right. Well, good advice uh, when it comes to lawn and growing as well. And also good to know that if, if people don't have their vegetable gardens planted yet, there's still time to do that.
1: Absolutely. There's actually, you know, there's so much still available. One of the best times to plant. In fact, uh, in my book, I always say, you know, people, people say I can't grow basil uh, and, and there's a lot of people who say I, I just, I've tried and tried and tried. I said, when do you start trying to grow basil? Let's, you know, April or beginning of May or something like that. Well, actually, the only time to really plant basil is right about now. If you want to have success, they can't handle any temperatures below 10 degrees, and they will just sort of slowly deteriorate. So there's so much that you know really you just start planting now. Many seeds as well. Like um, I like to I like to tell people you know when you're planting a row of lettuce. Uh, don't plant the whole row right away. Like you start some seeds maybe, plant half the row, wait two or three weeks, plant another part of the row, wait two three or three weeks and plant more of the row or the rest of the row. Then you get this this uh harvesting that is sort of on a on a continual basis rather than offering lettuce to you and your friends and family and neighbors and and teachers and <laughs> anyone you can get rid of the lettuce too because you have too much all at once. So so we need to garden, uh, really, on a, on a, in particular with vegetable gardening, uh, on a progressive basis, so that you, you, it doesn't end. You're gardening right through to the end of October, pretty much, uh, because because we can, we can even leave vegetables in the ground and harvest through winter, uh, as you want something, and that's that's often when vegetables become most tasty because they've stored a lot of sugars to protect themselves. So, uh, so yeah, it, it, it gardening never stops. <laughs>
0: Very, very true. All right, Wim, where, where again can people find you if they want if they need more advice or they want to come check out the Garden Centre?
1: Uh, I'm at Art Knapp in Port Coquitlam, and I'm actually on my way there, and I'm going to be uh, probably dispensing a whole bunch of verbal, like I just have for the rest of the day.
0: <laughs> All right, sounds good. Uh, Wim, thanks so much. Good to chat with you again.
1: Thanks, Jill. All the best. Take care.
0: You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app,